You are listening to The Secrets of Middle-Earth on sqpn.com. The battle for Middle-Earth is about to begin. Where do you travel to find Middle-Earth? This is How can you fight the shadows of Angmar? created the dwarves. I thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. Why are elves immortal? You will linger on in darkness and in doubt. It's nightfall in winter that comes without a star. What is the ultimate evil of Sauron? Join me on a quest for answers through the books, the movies, and the games that tell us the legendary adventures of hobbits, dwarves, men, and elves in Tolkien's Middle-earth. Hello and welcome back to Middle-earth. I am traveling in a, a very sunny forest on my left, some mountains, on the right, some hills, and I'm approaching a very famous place here in uh, Middle-earth, the Fort of Brunnen. This is the river where Frodo was saved from the Nazgul by these water horses that suddenly appeared and uh, washed away these evil Nazgul. There is a, a waterfall here on my left. And that's where the horses actually came from. And they swept away the Nazgul so uh, Frodo could be saved and be brought to Rivendell. And that is actually where I'm going. I'm on my horse. It's early in the morning. The sun has uh, just come up. And I'm out on the other side of the river here, overlooking the landscape. It's, it's partly cloudy, but it's still a beautiful day. And I'm heading towards Rivendell. We've never been there before on our previous journeys and in Rivendell I'm going to meet a number of friends and they can hopefully tell me more about the history of Rivendell and about the elves. But before we can get there we first have to undertake the big journey towards Rivendell and so I'm moving on and this is quite a perilous uh, perilous trip. It's, it's very steep. And there's some nasty, huge flying insects that fortunately today leave me alone. I guess it's because it's still early in the morning and there's some pretty sick looking bears also. Here's a lynx. But since I'm on my horse, I'm, I'm pretty fast, so they won't be able to attack me. And even if they are going to try, I don't think they can catch up with me. There's another horse rider a knight on a horse I think it was an elf and he was heading back to I think the Lone Lands but I'm going towards Rivendell and as I said it's uh, it's early in the morning it's uh, spring day at least it, it feels like spring but actually when I look at the trees it's more autumn it's uh, early autumn the I'm, I'm now approaching the level where you don't have the leafy trees anymore just the pine trees but down in the valley let me let me go to the 
to the edge here of the of the mountain. It's it's a bit hazy, so I can't really see the forest below. But um, near the river, near the Brunnen River, all the trees were actually beautiful, golden red, orange colors. And um, I'm I'm riding in this pass in between the mountains. It's getting really barren here. Still lots of bears and lynxes in the distance. So my horse is definitely getting a little bit nervous. And Rivendell is situated on the other side of this mountain range. And so I haven't found a shortcut towards Rivendell. Rivendell itself is in a valley. Um, and so it's, it's pretty safe. Actually, I think I gotta go left here. Sometimes I, I get lost in these uh, in these mountains. There is a faint trace of a of a road that I'm trying to follow, but it's overgrown with grass, and so sometimes I just lose track of it. We're um, we're going downhill a little bit, so I can see a few leafy trees here, but still lots of pine trees and. I think we are almost approaching the entrance to Rivendell. The, the road itself is going left and right and it's very curvy. It's, it's actually a pretty difficult place to find. First time that I got here and I tried to find Rivendell, I got hopelessly lost. I was attacked by at least three bears and I almost died. <laughs> so fortunately, uh, right now, I think I seem to have found the entrance. There are two elves standing on guard here um they've got their bow and arrows and uh, they will prevent the animals to uh to pass them and uh they prevent them from uh from attacking uh the inhabitants of uh of uh rivendell these are the gates of imladris and there's a little hobbit on a horse passing me by he's going the other way and here is the entrance to the valley. Let's see. Still going downhill. Now this is a, a very curvy, dangerous road. And here we go. You hear the beautiful music in the background. This is Rivendell Valley. And from here, I'm actually low enough to get a good view of the valley itself. And all the way down there, I can see a number of uh, streams probably coming from the mountains, the misty mountains in the distance. Very tall, high mountains. And that, sh that must be ice-cold water. And the river itself has, I think, created this beautiful valley and in depths below I can see uh, beautiful golden red trees and in between the trees these beautiful looking elven houses and buildings. The elven architect architecture is extremely elegant and um, I can see some waterfalls in the distance as well. There's actually a, a huge big waterfall on my right-hand side. 
and the, the elves have built some bridges over the, the various streams in the valley that enabled them to uh, walk from the market to, you know, the other buildings, the other places. Here is a, a crossroads. I can go to the right or I can go to the left. Um, when I look towards my right, I can see the big, huge waterfall and there seems to be a, a huge, big building in the distance with uh, uh, red roofs and um, it, it looks fantastic. I think that that must be the last homely house. That is where I am going to meet my friends. But I want to give you a tour of Rivendell first and so instead of going right straight to the last homely house, let me go to the left here and follow this path under the trees. It's definitely a lot calmer and safer here. No bears, no dangerous animals. Here is a circular building um, and uh, it's it's got uh, one circular room and uh, then on the left there is kind of an alcove, like a separate part of the building with very elegant windows. Um, and I just, I'm just gonna get off my horse here and I wanna explore, I'm gonna see who's in there. Let's get off my horse and open these doors. That is, there you go. And these are actually guest quarters for travelers. So people that come from far away, they can stay here inside these guest rooms. And it looks like we have some guests that are staying in Rivendell right now. There is a dwarf and he has just unpacked. I can still see his backpacks here uh, on the table. And we know this dwarf. We know his name. He, he is Gimli, one of the members of the Fellowship. And if Gimli is here, then this elf who is watching the big map on the wall is Legolas. And uh, Legolas is also standing here. I'm walking through the door into uh, this other room. And um, we've got some more people in this part of the room. Aragorn is, uh, is looking at a number of maps on, the, on a table in front of him. And uh, it's clear that he is trying to uh, figure out where to go from here and also with Aragorn to uh, advise him and uh, accompany him is Boromir. And Boromir is um, having his hands crossed, his arms crossed and he's looking at Aragorn and at the table with the maps. Well, it looks like they're in a very concentrated, focused meeting so I'm not going to disturb them any longer. I'm going to go outside again and uh, see if I can find my own fellowship, my friends here, that are going to help me learn more about Rivendell. Calling my horse. There he is. And let's continue our trip through Rivendell. Actually, I'm, I'm just riding underneath the, the mountain side. I'm following a small path 
And here's a tree, a huge tree that has fallen over uh, a big crevice. And when I look below, I'm almost getting vertigo because it's so high. <laughs> and so I'm riding my horse over this tree that is now kind of doubling as a bridge over this, uh, this stream in the depths below. And I'm following this uh, path underneath the trees and I can hear the birds. Here are some more elven guards. They've got good security here in Rivendell. And I'm, I'm not surprised because it's a, it's a dangerous environment. In the distance you can hear the stream. And here's a, one of these elegant bridges, curved bridges that um, allow me to go over the stream towards the other side. Lots of elves just walking around here doing their business. And I'm actually heading towards the marketplace. And there it is in front of me. The backdrop of the huge waterfall in the distance and then of course the mountains. This is actually called the Spire of Meeting. This is not the marketplace. I think uh, I must have missed the marketplace. But the Spire of Meeting is this um, again circular uh, building. It's not really a building, it's kind of an open space. There is a tower on top of it and some stairs, four stairs that lead to, uh, let's just, I'm not sure if this is allowed, but I'm going to ride up these stairs with my horse. I'm not sure if the elves are going to be okay with that, but <laughs> they seem to be pretty friendly right now. So this is um, just a very nice open place. Oh, my, my horse doesn't like it up here, so let's go down. Actually, I think I'm, I'm going to head back a little before I go to the last homely house, just to show you the marketplace, because I think I... I took the wrong road. Um, um, this time I'm taking another bridge here. And I think that this is actually the marketplace. Yes, this is the market of Rivendell. And um, here's an elf saying, the craft of the elves is wondrous to behold. The elves have definitely created beautiful things. I mean, they're very musical. Um, they definitely have great talent for architecture and even gardening, I should say, because this whole place, Rivendell, almost looks like a park. Everywhere you can see these cir circular meeting places and buildings. It's all extremely elegant. With nice curved archways and the roofs of many of these buildings actually look like hats. <laughs> they resemble the pointy hat of Gandalf. I'm now again at the spire. And now I am trying to find my way to the last homely house. There it is, in the distance on top of that hill. And I think instead of going to the waterfall, I'll take this road and go up the mountain or up the hill. That's probably the best way to get to uh, the last homely house. There's a very small bridge. 
And there it is, the last homely house. Let's get off my horse here. Clean my boots before I enter. And right here in front of the last homely house, the last homely house itself looks almost like a castle. It's, it's beautiful, several floors. On every floor you've got beautiful curved windows, uh, stained glass windows, um, some purple lanterns, and uh, the front of the house is overgrown with uh, plants and flowers. And uh, I can see a number of statues here in the garden in front of the last homely house. This is a statue of an elf dancing. Looks like she's dancing. This elf looks more like a, a guardian. He's got a, a shield and he's also carrying a weapon in his left hand. I wonder if all the elves are left-handed or not. I guess I'll have to ask my friends here. And here's the big entrance to the last homely house. It's almost like the doors of a cathedral. And let's see what the inside looks like. The doors are opening and I'm stepping inside. And I'm moving towards uh, the big hall in the middle of the building and I'm looking up and it's it's enormous. The place is very light. Actually, you couldn't tell from the outside, but it's uh, there's a, just a lot of daylight streaming in through all the stained glass windows. The floor is marble, beautiful uh, symmetrical patterns in the marble itself of the floor. And right in front of me is a very impressive looking statue. Um, and uh, I can see some... Uh, Someone is performing magic here. <laughs> Don't worry, this is not the statue making that sound. There's actually uh, an, a fellow uh, inhabitant or visitor here, and uh, he was conjuring up a bear. <laughs> it was probably help, helps him to fight. Um, a few elves are standing here uh, next to the big statue, and uh, I can see some torches. And on both on the left and on the right are some stairs that go up to the first and the second floor. And, um, well, let me see if I can find my friends. Here is a door. Let's see what's in here. Um, entering a large room on the left side. And this is, um, it looks like a dinner room. This is the Hall of Fire. There's a big fireplace in the back of the room. You can hear it here. It's uh, nice and warm. Because despite the beautiful sunny weather outside, this is a cold place because it's it's close to the mountains. It's close to the misty mountains. And so, especially during the night, it can become very cold in here. And uh, the fireplace is nice and cozy. A big table. And uh, one of the guests actually standing here is Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, and he's talking to an elf, and I won't disturb him. I'm just going to leave this room again. Back to the central courtyard. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to head towards the library, because that's where I'm going to meet my friends. Um, let's see, I'll take the 
Stairs on the right side. And walk up. Here are some doors that go to a balcony. I won't stop there right now. And I'm now on the upper floor of the building. Some more statues here. Who is that? This looks like another elf, uh, and he's in his uh, left hand. Again, this is another left-handed elf. He's got a, a hammer. It's probably referring to the art, you know, the, the, just the creativity of the elves and their masterful skills when it comes to building things and crafting things. Now from here, before I enter the library, I'm just looking down at the courtyard below, and this place is so light and so, so high that there are actually trees growing inside the last homely house. The doors are open and I'm stepping inside. And here we are. This is Elrond's library. And I'm on a on the the top floor of the library. Lots of books here and paintings. Elves are studying. Here's a female elf. She's sitting on a table and she's just reading a book. I'm not gonna disturb her either. And I'm heading down towards Elrond. And here he is. He's uh, standing at a table, studying some books. And this is where I meet my friends. First of all, we've got Inge. Uh, Hello. Inge, can you introduce yourself to, uh, to our audience and tell, tell us a little bit about your life outside of Middle Earth? Yeah, well, I'm Inge. I'm uh, living in Groningen in the Netherlands. And um, yeah... I uh, have no job at the moment, but I'm looking for one. I just uh, graduated from uh, from college, and uh, yeah, in my spare time, I do a lot of uh, fantasy reading, watching movies, podcasting, you name it. And you're a big so. fan of of Tolkien and uh, and his works. Yeah, everything fantasy. Uh, then uh, you can wake me up for that uh, in the middle of the night. Fantastic. Well, we won't do that because <laughs> it's early in the morning here in Rivendell. Also joining us from Los Angeles, Dave Kale. Hey, Dave. Good morning, Father. It's good to have you uh, on the show and it's good to have you uh, here in the library of Elrond. It's an honor to meet you. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, your own life? And what, sure. what do you do? We were, we, were in, we were in the library in here furiously studying to uh, make sure we don't say anything wrong and upset the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you all know much more about Middle Earth and Tolkien than I will ever know. So <laughs> it's easy to impress me and hopefully it's also easy to impress our audience. Who knows? We'll see. But you are in, um, let's say, outside of Middle Earth. You're a computer scientist, right? Yes, that's right. Um, and I'm working on, I'm doing medical informatics research where we have piles and piles of data and we're going to try to learn from it using data mining and various techniques like that. Fantastic. And, uh, yep. I wonder if they have any books about that here in the in the library of Rivendell. Probably not. You know, I would venture to guess no. I, I would venture to guess that the kind of stuff that I'm working on is is the kind of stuff that uh, Tolkien wouldn't be a big fan of. He he was sort of anti-computer. <laughs> yeah, he had uh, problems with technology altogether. I think even the you know cars and the combustion engine was seen as a threat to civilization. And uh, well, here in Rivendell, 
you can tell that everything is very close to nature. I mean, if you live in such a beautiful environment and you have such fantastic architectural skills, then, you know, who needs computers? Who needs cars? If you've got horses, <laughs> that's enough. Also, right. also joining us from the United States is Laura Burkhold. Hello, Father. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm, I'm great. Happy to meet you for the first time here in Rivendell. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I live in Madison, Wisconsin, and outside Middle Earth, I'm an optician, so I sell glasses. Um, I've been reading Tolkien since I was a child, and um, and I uh, just just love his world, so so I'm really happy to be here in Rivendell. And it was actually Laura who uh, inspired me to, to start this show again and to go back to Middle-earth after a long, long hiatus. I mean, the, some of the listeners have been subscribed to this series of, of shows for years, and they've been patiently waiting, sometimes emailing me, asking for new episodes. And just a while ago, Laura uh, was online, and she's like, so are you ever going to go back to Middle-earth? Yeah. And I can help out. <laughs> Inspiring is gracious. Bugging might be closer to the truth. Oh no 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 no! It's, uh, it was definitely inspiring. And then you uh, you you gathered some uh, some other experts, and uh, you helped us uh, to uh, get together here in Rivendell and talk about Tolkien and talk about Middle Earth. And um, finally, also with us is uh, Mr. Josh Good. Hello, everyone. Hey, Josh. And we know each other uh, for a while now. Uh, we are both avid players of uh, Lord of the Rings Online, and uh, it's, you know, talking about Lord of the Rings Online and our adventures in Middle-earth um, that, uh, well, we, we got to meet also here for um, uh, hopefully a, a new long-lasting series about Middle-earth. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh? Well, I live in uh, Camelsville, Kentucky. Um, I'm a Kentucky native. And I actually work at a library. Um, I wish it was the Library of Elrond, but uh, I'm a librarian. Fantastic. So this is definitely uh, your kind of place. <laughs> what a coincidence that we get to meet in, well, the ultimate library of Middle-earth, isn't it? I would say so, yes. I would like to go there to study. Fantastic. Well, you know, I am, I am a, uh, a big fan of Tolkien. I love the books. I, I read the first uh, series, you know, The Hobbit and, uh, and uh, Lord of the Rings when I was, I think, 11. Uh, my dad gave the books to me and I, I read them and I just, I was enchanted. I have no other words for it. And I've been reading the books over and over again. However, I don't consider myself to be an expert on all the background information and the, the bigger history and the bigger mythology that, uh, that Tolkien created. And that's why I'm so glad to have a number of experts with me here um, to enlighten me and to help me learn more, help me and help the other listeners to learn more about, uh, about this place. So we've only just arrived in, in Rivendell and for some listeners, this might be actually the first time that they are here. Laura, can you tell us a little bit about Rivendell and about the history of this place? Sure. Uh, Rivendell is very ancient, actually. It's about 4,700 years old. So it, the elves created it as a refuge. They were trying to escape Sauron in his War of the Rings in the, in the Second Age which happened, you know, a long time before the Lord of the Rings happened. Um, 
Sauron's army actually defeated the elves and they had to retreat and they founded this hidden city of Rivendell. So this has been their refuge for the last almost 5,000 years. So that's probably why it's in, in a valley surrounded by very high mountains and it's pretty inaccessible and hard to find. And it's easier also probably to guard the entrances to, to Rivendell. Uh, because you know it is and actually Elrond is able to protect the area we saw in the Lord of the Rings he can create a big flood if any of the enemy can walk into the river so there's also some protection around the place too so Elrond is um, well he's actually standing here in front of me (laughs) Um, but I'm not going to talk with him because I'm, I'm sure that he has other things to do than to enlighten us about uh, the basics of, uh, of Middle-earth. But um, we've seen in, uh, in, in The Lord of the Rings that Elrond is actually very, very old. And so are all the elves. Are elves yes. eternal? Are they immortal? Um, are they actually, like, have they ever been created? Or are, are elves born? Or are they just like, conjured up? Elves, elves are born, actually, but they don't. They they can die, but they're bound to the earth. Basically, they they live within the context of the earth. They they do. They can die in battle. They can also die because they just get so tired of living that they just basically pass away. Oh really? Um, but uh, Elrond himself is sixty five hundred years old. Wow. So he's he's one of the oldest elves in uh, in Middle Earth. That's amazing. So, and, is, and is he like yeah. the leader of the elves uh, of Rivendell? He is. Yes, he is. So, it, um, Dave, is is there kind of like a an elven society? Uh, or do they have like councils, to, or or is it all like just a big community and everybody knows exactly what to do? You know, I, I'm not sure what the sort of governmental structure is. Um, in in Rivendell, certainly Elrond's sort of the lord and the master um, because he's sort of one of the oldest remaining there, and he's also the wisest, and and um, um, he's also I, I'm sure they sort of defer to him because he also possesses one of the great three rings. Um, oh, that's but, true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they have a city council or uh, elected officials, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and and he's the leader of just Rivendell. But there's also Lothlorien, where Galadriel and Celeborn sort of rule, and then there's Círdan at the um, Havens, and then there's the elves across the sea. So there's there's many many different groups of elves, and so um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're. I don't know. I don't know if Tolkien ever gets into the specific structures of how they govern themselves and organize themselves but they they tend to be monarchical they're sort of elven kings throughout history Gil-galad was sort of the last high king right. um, uh, of the Noldor in Middle Earth and they sort of kind of dis- well a lot of them went over a lot more and more of them are going overseas and so um, there's just sort of these small pockets of elves now yes and I'm sure that in the future we will uh, get to know much more about the history of the elves and um, and hopefully we'll also get to travel to some of the other places where you can find elves in, in Middle-earth. But for now, Rivendell is kind of the most famous place for the elves. And, and I think that the elves in the forest also, um, 
that we uh, meet in the in the Lord of the Rings. But Rivendell is is at least visually the most impressive place, I think, because it's just so beautiful. I mean, everything is super elegant and uh, colorful, and um, and it's it's uh, what always struck me about the elves is that they are extremely courteous and civilized. And uh, compared to the elves, the dwarves are just so rude, and so you know. That's probably why there's always so much friction between the the two races because they seem to be almost polar opposites in terms of behavior and uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's the battle against uh, Sauron that brings them together. Hey, what I want to propose is that we um, take a walk here and uh, leave the library and just walk around in this last homely house and uh, and we can talk a little bit about uh, what we see now. I've, I've got a question, I don't know, Josh, if you know this, or Inga, or uh, Laura, or Dave, but why is it called the last homely house? Because it's the last, it's the last house before you go over into the wild. It's at the edge of the wild at the foothills of the Misty Mountains. And so, coming from the Shire, uh, it's the last house before you enter the wilderness, basically. Oh, okay, and this is, of course, seen from the perspective of... Well, let's say the fellowship, right? Yes. Um, because this. Well, is um, I, the term I think he originally sort of calls it "last homely house" in the Hobbit, where it is it, it plays that role where they're the the where Bilbo sort of on his journey with the dwarves, he's progressing from civilization as he knows it, the Shire, into sort of progressively wilder lands, you know, ending up with the, in the mountains with the orcs and stuff. And so this is for him on his journey, sort of the last stop um, on the edge of civilization before he really sort of goes off the map, off the chart, as far as he's concerned. Right. Um, so it's not the official name of this house. It's just basically Elrond's house, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you know, that's an interesting question. I think probably a lot of people call it that, but yeah, it's mostly. Yeah, the elves probably don't call it that. That's probably more of a hobbit or Bilbo's name for it. Yes, yeah. I'm sure the, the elves, elves have probably some, call it Elrond's house. Yeah, they probably have some impronounceable, <laughs> beautiful elvish name. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I really love about, and and that which is extremely confusing. I actually, I'm uh, by the way leaving the library now. I'm in the in the main courtyard again on the second floor and I'm going to head down the stairs um, but uh, it's confusing when you start reading The Lord of the Rings and you're not n very knowledgeable and you come across these names and uh, what I didn't realize at first was that there's actually there are elven names and then you've got human names for the same for the same places oh. for the same cities and you're just yes. like what w wait I wait <laughs> So what's and this not place? only that, there's two Elvish names for everything because there's two languages in Elvish. Oh, so really? Just to make it even more confusing. So <laughs> is Rivendell, is that Elvish or is that human? Um, no, that's, uh, that's human, I believe. Uh, Imladris is the Elvish name. Imladris. Oh, wow. That's why it was called the Gates of Imladris. Yes. where we uh, entered the city. I'm going to the balcony here. I'm walking. This is at the back of the house. And uh, this is a somewhat smaller door that leads outside. Um, and here I'm on a beautiful circular uh, balcony surrounded by flowers. And right in front of me is a, is a stream, is a beautiful waterfall that comes down the, the mountainside. And there's actually also a lot of... Uh, 
steam coming from the from the waterfall itself. I wonder if this was the place where the the council met to discuss, you know, to ha with that that f day that Frodo actually said, you know, I will go and destroy the ring. I wonder if if it was on on this balcony. I I think it was outside the last homely house and at the back. And this could be the perfect place for that. Just looking around. Seems reminiscent of the where they met in the movie anyway. I think it's yeah. I think probably trying to evoke a similar visual experience. It's possible. Okay, let's go back inside and head down to uh, ground level. Some more elves discussing here. And uh, so this is the main hall. Um, very impressive. And again, statues here inside. Um, this is uh, another statue of, of a, a dancing elf. I think it's actually the same... Uh, person that is uh, that is depicted here. Do you guys have any idea who this could be? An, an elf? Josh, female elf that is dancing? The game master. I think that might be uh, Luthien, but uh, I'm not really sure. They're, the elves look so similar and there's many of them that were, you know, dancing and singing and telling tales in the books. But <laughs> yes. But I think that's, uh, exactly. that's Luthien. <laughs> it's not, it's not I, I would vote for Luthien. Luthien was uh, Elrond's Great grandmother, really? So, uh, or uh, yes, wow. grandmother or great grand? No, great grandmother. Yes, and Luthien is the daughter of an elven king of the first stage, and actually an angel. Wow! So that's yep. So that's well, where Elrond gets some of his angelic blood. They, it, he's called Elrond the half elven. He's he's not really half, but he's part human. He's part elf, and he's part angel. Wow. I need to hear more about that some other time because that sounds super intriguing. Elves and angels? I want to know more about that. But before uh, we talk about that, here's another statue on the other side of the entrance. And uh, this is an uh, this elf actually looks a bit like, uh, like Elrond. Um, and he's got this shield and a, a, a stick or I'm not sure what this is, but uh, it looks dangerous, like a dangerous weapon. Any idea who this could be? It must also be I someone that... Someone from the I believe history. that's uh, Gilgalad, and uh, his spear was actually famous in the, um, the the War of the Last Alliance. I guess uh, the Last Alliance. You may have seen that in the, the movies. Um, uh, the spear that uh, Gilgalad held was very famous. And um, anyway, he uh, fought with uh, Elendil, who was one of Aragorn's um, uh, you know relatives, and they fought and against Sauron in the last battle and killed him. But they also died in the deed as well as uh, Gandalf says. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's... Laura, do you remember what the spears called? Aelios or Aegilos or something like that. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's Aegilos. Yep, you're right, Josh. Aegilos. It's uh, I think it stands for um, it's something like icicle or snow. Yeah. Something. Spear of ice or something like that. Well, yeah, that's funny because it does look like an icicle from 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 here, from where I'm standing. I'm looking up to the spear and it's got it's it's not a, a regular spear. It's it's uh, has a very organic form, almost as if uh, you know it just took a, a piece of ice hanging from the ceiling and, and put that on a stick. Um, the uh, the orcs weren't a big fan of that spear. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> definitely uh, looking pretty dangerous. Now, the final thing that I want to uh, ask you guys about before we uh, we we um, leave uh, this this uh, particular episode, 
um, is uh, the big statue in the middle of the room, uh, in the middle of this hall. It, it is... It's definitely a place of worship with the torches on both sides, and it looks like, well, it's kind of like a goddess type of, of figure. It's, it's gigantic. It's, uh, I don't know, 10 meters tall or 15 meters tall. Any idea who this well, that, is? That would be Elbereth. She's also known as Varda, the queen of the stars, and she's one of the Valar. She's not exactly a goddess. She's more of an angel because all... Right. These, all these creatures were made, or all these spirits were created by the one god, Iluvatar. Yes. Iluvatar. Iluvatar. We talked about so. Iluvatar when we uh, when we met the dwarves uh, in one of the previous episodes. So if you want to know more about that, you can go back to that episode and hear more about it. But yes, Iluvatar is actually the only god in, in the Tolkien's yes. Middle-earth mythology. and um, and But he created... Um, how can you say that? Spirits or... Spirits or angels. Angels to help him kind of create more. And, um, yes. And so she's one yes. of those. Yes, and Rivendell is home of the High Elves. So these are elves that actually lived in Valar, or in Valinor, I'm sorry, for, for a while, and they actually would have seen Elbereth in person. Wow, that's amazing. That's how old they can get. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and all that. But that's know. probably good for another episode or two. Absolutely. On that mythology. We want to know and the secret of these wrinkle-free elves. I'm pretty sure that if we discover that, we'll, <laughs> we'll all get very rich. But I'm heading outside back to the fresh air of, uh, of Rivendell itself. And um, that's where we are going to wrap up this episode of The Secrets of Middle-Earth. Here we are, outside it's fresh, the air is extremely fresh outside, it's beautiful, it must be around noon, time for uh, a bit, uh, time for lunch. I hope I've got some uh, lambas with me, because <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> and it's here... I'm sure if you go find Bilbo, he's got some food ready. That's a good idea, that's an excellent idea. Um, it's here that we say goodbye to our friends for now, but because we will be back with uh, more adventures here in Rivendell, and uh, there are st hundreds, if not thousands, of questions that I still have about the elves. <laughs> but uh, for now, this is enough. I want to thank you, um, uh, the, my dear panel members, uh, Dave and Inga and Laura and Josh, for joining me here in Rivendell. But most of all, I want to thank our listeners for their patience because they've been waiting for new episodes for so long. I'm, I'm so glad that you're still listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you also enjoy the format. I definitely enjoy it a lot because, you know, I, I get to learn so much about Middle-earth and it only makes me admire this wonderful world even more. Now, I can imagine that there are listeners that want to contribute to the show that might have additional information, might have answers to some of the questions that we cannot find the answer to ourselves. If so, you can reach us by email. I don't know if there's email in Middle-earth, but we have email. <laughs> and, uh, that e email address is very simple. It's Tolkien at sqpn.com. So that would be Tolkien at sqpn.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, even if you've just got some, you know, some words about this show and uh, what you like or where you want us to go next. Uh, anything is welcome. We'd, we'd love to get some feedback on this. Another tip is... And, and I haven't said this uh, when we started the, the recording, but 
while I was describing this whole tour of Rivendell and during the whole show, we've been actually recording the visuals of this. We've been recording a video, a live video of the whole visit to Rivendell and to the last homely house. So if you're curious and you want to see this, go over to our website and there's one main website for all the uh, secrets shows that we do. We have this show, we also do The Secrets of Harry Potter. We've got some other shows that are based on video games and books and movies. And you can find them all on secrets.sqpn.com. So go to secrets.sqpn.com and that's where you will find information about this show. You can also find previous episodes. If this is the very first episode that you've ever listened to, then you can go back and listen to uh, the other Middle Earth excursions that we uh, that I recorded uh, like years ago. Uh, so you might want to check that out. And you will we'll be able to see this whole video because we, uh, we are broadcasting this over Ustream and we are also using Ustream to record this. So hopefully you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. I definitely love the addition of the visuals to this show. I think it adds a whole new layer to, uh, to the episode. So once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading this episode. Send us your feedback, Tolkien at sqpn.com, and I will hopefully see you somewhere on the web or in Middle Earth. I'm signing off. I'm Father Roderick saying goodbye, and see you next time. God bless. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. I bid you all a very fond farewell. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.